Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Oh, Wonderful. man, it is great to be here. A new, I believe, 23. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about life right 23. now. A little 23, that means 23 days we've been repenting and moving Just closer to God. Just came out of the Daniel fast at 21 evening. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so we are headed towards some awesome things. Um, listen, if you're watching for the first time or if you've been watching this for a while, if you if you like are enjoying the podcast, you're enjoying this, please subscribe on YouTube or like us on Facebook, share it, do all of the things that you know people do on social media Which that make true. things get spread out there. It's share like it with your friends. Tell people about it. I always return. We respond to surveys. I just did a T-Mobile account, like uh, changed my account. Yeah, and I got to do the survey. Really? Yeah, and even uh, I, the dry cleaners. See, the, that's the, a good Google point. Google wanted a uh, like a report. Yeah, for like smaller companies, I definitely do surveys. For big companies, like I wouldn't do one for T-Mobile. I'd be like, you know, the Prince and the Power of the Air wants a survey from me. You know? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, though. Um, I gave them a good, good report. That's good, right? especially if, like, you know the survey goes to the person that helped you. And I'm honest about it. And helps, you know. It does. All that, you know. So we have some cool things coming up. As you guys know, we're in the month of Elul. We're in Teshuvah. We're headed towards the fall feast. So right now we're getting our hearts, our minds, ourselves right uh, in the right frame of mind, in the right spiritual mindset, doing spiritual exercises, getting ready for the fall feast, and the first of which is Yom Teruah, uh, a.k.a. Rosh Hashanah. That's right, trumpets. Uh, it's the. It's right. It's the <laughs> feast. Wow, was there a shofar? Did yeah. you Did you hear that? Yeah, it's way over there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, Yom Teruah is the feast of trumpets, and this year the feast of trumpets on the Gregorian calendar falls on September sixth in the evening. Now, as you guys know, it's Tishri one. Um, but in, on September sixth in the evening begins Tishri one, which is the first day of the civil calendar of the year fifty seven. 82, 5,782 years God since created heavens and earth creation. And whatever, creation. Yeah. That's right. Um, and then what that begins is it begins a period we call the 10 days of awe. The 10 days of awe. Now That's the, right. The 10 days of awe are the 10 days from Tishri 1 to Tishri 10, Tishri 10 being the Day of Atonement. And uh, Teshuvah is 40 days, right? If you hope you're following with me here, right? From the first of Elul all the way through to the 10th of Tishri. So you get your, your 30 days in and then all the way to the 10th of Tishri. It'll end on September 16th in the evening, which also ends the Day the of gates Atonement. gates close, the Nila service. Right. And uh, the 15th in the evening starts uh, the Day of So be of righteous Atonement. now. Let's be righteous. That's right. I agree. The righteous. I agree. I agree. So a lot of stuff going on. If you have questions about the calendar or anything like that, you could send me. Well, okay. It depends on your questions about the calendar, but send me an email if you need some clarification or right. anything like that. Ryan at twopraise.net, R-Y-A-N at twopraise.net. So I think that does it for fall feast Let's coming do it. up. Right? We have, of course, the apples and the honey and the shofar to signify a uh, happy new year. A sweet, a sweet, new, sweet year. new year. Yeah. Apples yeah. dipped in honey. And this is honey from Israel. Mm. It's paradise. The Paradise Family Farm, citrus flowers, pure honey, right here, produced by the Paradise Family Farm. That's pretty cool. Hamish. I like that. Yeah, that makes me Hamish. think about. Uh, it makes me Hamish. think about the word paradise as used in the New Testament Hamish. when Jesus tells the Paradiso. the the man on the cross, right, That's or right. The, the thief on the cross. You'll he be says, with me in paradise this, today. "This is why commas are important, right? Because <laughs> he says, assuredly, I tell you today, right." You will be with me in paradise. So the question is, where's the comma? Is the comma before or after the word today? If it's before the word today, then today you'll be with me in paradise. We, we really need to move on, right? Or if I tell you today, comma, you will be with me in paradise, yeah. then it means I'm telling you today. Well, he had a short stay in Abraham's bosom. Like, <laughs> Something like that. Well, a short stay. At least three days, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's it. You know, yeah. Three days. All right, you're right. We should move on. What do, you, do. what do you say we do the Torah portion? Yes. <laughs> All right, so today's Torah portion is the Torah portion Nitzavim, which means you are standing. 
And this is the Torah portion found in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 10 and ending in chapter 30 and verse 20. Very good. So why don't you go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 29 verses 10 through 15 because we only have two chapters to cover. I know. Or portions of it anyway. And so let's go ahead and read uh, verses 10 through 15, how relevant it is. Covenant renewal. All right. So uh, it says here, Ye stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders, your officers with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of thy wood unto the drawer of thy water, that thou shouldest enter into covenant with the Lord thy God and into his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may that he hath said unto thee, and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. Now, just a little quick reminder here as I pull out my Jensen's Old Testament survey. Uh, Deuteronomy is the book of remembrance, and so what he just read uh, reflects, of course, the third part of the book of Deuteronomy, because the, the, the four parts are this. The first part is chapters one through four, remembrances of the past, time of reflection. Remember, these are the last words of a dead man because God's going to take Moses. Yeah. Right? So these are the last words of a dying man, basically. Uh, chapters uh, four and verse 44, all the way through chapter 26 are commandments for the present. And so currently we are in this particular portion, which is the third part of the book of Deuteronomy, the book of remembrance, options affecting the future. Right. Guess what? The future is now. Say it, Ryan. The future the, is now. The future is now. The future is now. Uh, it's Deuteronomy chapter 27 through 30. So this is the portion that we're in. Options affecting the future. The future is now. Chapters 31 through 34 are the parting words of Moses. Uh, five key words found, of course, in this book, because we're going to be closing it out pretty soon here. They are remember, number one. Number two, obey. Number three, blessing. Number four, curse. Number five, covenant. So there you have it. So once again, options affecting the future. So what seven groups of people were present at the giving of Moses' words about the covenant? It sounds like everybody. Uh, captains, elders, officers, all the men of Israel, little ones, wives, and strangers. Wow. That's a community witness. That's everybody. Wow, that's awesome. So was the covenant made also to those who were not standing with Moses and the people that day? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Torah. You can go ahead and read that. Uh, we'll read it again because I already read it once. Yeah, yes. It says here, But with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. And so he's telling them in the verse before that, neither do I just make this covenant with you in this oath, but also with these other people that and, are not here. And remember that he declared all of this at Mount Sinai. That's correct. With the Ten Commandments. Well, they're now where? At Mount Horeb or no? They're at um, they're they're on Moab. the plains of Moab. Yeah, they're the plains of Moab so, now. So the bottom line is that here they are ready to enter the Promised Land. Uh, they say that this book was actually written within a month. Wow, yeah. Give or take a month or two, but really not a short amount of time, a book of remembrance. And so he's reiterating this covenant to a new generation because one right. died in the wilderness. Right. So he's making it very clear. Let me go over this again. They say a good rabbi repeats himself. Uh, That's what they that say. That makes you a really good rabbi. So it is relevant <laughs> for us today. That's right. Rabbi! Um, I like being called pastor. So Aww. you got to smell like the sheep. So uh, it's I relevant see. for today, which is kind of cool. And that's the thing about the church today. They need to go back to Mount Sinai and get the teachings and instructions. Oh, yeah. And then you can put all the pieces together with the Holy Spirit. That's what's really cool. Absolutely. Uh, and it only makes sense if the lawless one is coming. That means who's lawful. Right. Right. You're sure. Very interesting. And what does the Torah do? It's teachings and instructions. And that's, that's right. the coolest thing about it. Look at the principles. 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 Uh, why is the Torah important for all those that were not at Mount Sinai? Well, uh, I would say there's a couple basic I things. Said it, so. Oh, well, then. remember what I said? I, I I said that, and then I looked down at the question. Oh, what did you? It say? is still relevant for today, and of course, the Torah means teachings and instructions. Right. So the Torah means teachings and instructions, but I think most important is that God's land is holy. It's a picture of the kingdom. Remember, uh, Lars and Arson when he was here just the other day was talking about how the land is a picture of the kingdom of heaven on earth. God's dominion, his dominion, his will has to be done in this place, right? So if the great plan is for us to end up with Yeshua in the reign of the kingdom, then keeping the rules of the road or taking on the instructions of the king would only make sense. Because what happens, 
as we know from the scriptures, to the people that go into the land, into the kingdom, but don't keep the instructions. What happens? You get kicked out of the land. You get kicked out of the land. Well, the enemy takes you captive. And if we're saying that the land in this case is a picture of the kingdom, don't get kicked out of the kingdom because you didn't dress appropriately, right? Or don't get kicked out of the wedding because you didn't come prepared. Um, And so I would say that's why the... The, it's important today to That's us. true, too. That's the next wave, the next phase. That's right. If you think about it, I mean, if Israel has become a nation as of May 14th, 1948, they weren't a nation. Now they are a nation. Can a nation be born in a day? Absolutely. They came out of the Holocaust. They were like a burnt offering. And from this, uh, from ashes, comes beauty. That's right. And uh, the nation of Israel is founded. And, of course, who comes back but natural branches, Judah, the Jewish people. And now they're there in the land for what over 70 years yeah and uh and now it's the nations people from the nations want to live in israel and come to israel that's right so uh if you're not jewish and you're drawn to the land of israel it's it's natural it's just the natural way yeah because it's it's really supernatural but it's you know we have to live somewhere yeah so if you ask me if you could live anywhere and god allowed it or, or mandated where would you want to live israel but right now I live in Brandon. Yeah. You know, I have one so. more one more thought on this idea of why the Torah is important for those that were not at Mount Sinai. Um, God is making the covenant people, right? So what is the purpose here? And then you will be my people and I will be your God, right? That's right. repeated over and over and, and over again. And he wants to bring them into the land to get rid of the bad people. Correct. And he, But he wants them. them to be his representatives on the earth. Now That's we're, true. we're believers. A light to the nations. And, you know, not for nothing, I don't have anything necessarily against the Catholic Church or the Pope personally. But when I look at the way we express our faith culturally as a body of Christ, we should be doing it in a biblical way, not in a churchianity, Catholic, or right. denominational, denominational way, way, right? I'm not looking into that. Right. I'm looking to the scriptures to say, hey, what did Jesus do? Because if we're supposed to walk how he walked, then we should walk how he walked, right? I mean, it just makes sense to me. So anyways, let's keep going, I guess. So the Lord warned the people not to serve the gods of other nations, okay? Um, and that's what happened with King Solomon. That's right. He started to worship other gods. Yeah. He literally not only wanted a sexual immorality, I mean, he had all these wives and concubines and all of that. Yeah. But he actually started worshiping other gods. Yeah. Well, how deluded can you be? I mean, I can understand that. That, that can happen. It really can. I mean, if you're in an atmosphere of all these women and all these cultures, yeah. it's easy to lose your faith. And so the, the it Lord seems like, you know, when I read like Ecclesiastes and stuff, he like experienced everything. He tried yeah. a little bit of all of it. Right. And what did he say at the end of the book? He says it's all vanity. He says, but, but what else did he say? He says, this is the end of the matter, right? Yeah. To love God and keep his covenant, right? I mean, that's keep, keep his commandments. And that's interesting because that's the book that is read at Tabernacles. But even with all his sins, Solomon's father, David, was called a man after God's own heart. Why? Well, he never turned to other gods and he repented before God for his Absolutely. sin. Absolutely. A man after God's heart. Wow. What, what an incredible thing to say. That's what I want for us. Amen. This church. Amen. We want to we want to be after God's heart, and that's and He loves the Jewish people, Amen. So we've got to we got to we got to really promote that. Now the children of Israel would be sorely punished for committing the sin of idolatry. I love what John Bevere says as far as the definition of idolatry: whatever you give your strength to, whatever you get your strength from. Yeah, you know. So that that's interesting, right there. You know, and uh, it's interesting too because if I go into the scriptures. I had Pastor Daniel Stahl, a little shout out to him, was showing me something very, very interesting that I even highlighted, uh, which I thought was very interesting. Ooh, Colossians, um, good one. Ooh. But before I do that, here's the thing about idolatry, which is something that we all battle with, you know, but, um, you know, the golden calf incident was, was the start of it was idolatry. Right. Then it turned into sexual immorality. Right. So that is interesting that that's intertwined. And I'm trying to understand it, you know, because it makes perfect sense then. Sure. And we're going to talk about this scripture in Colossians. but And we know that the Gentiles were coming out of sexual immorality, temple prostitutes, Dionysus, and all these things, Greek gods and stuff. But, um, you know, the Greek gods laying with the women and having offspring like Perseus and all these things. Hercules. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what, what gets me is the fact that at Baal Peor... It started with sexual immorality. Yeah. It ended with, with idolatry. Right. It led it to that. Now, I want to read to you Colossians. This is why it's so important to protect yourself. In Colossians 3, 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. <laughs> right? That's an SAT word. Concupiscence. 
and covetousness, which is idolatry. Yes. Wow. That's that's a tough road. So so once again, um, think about it. You know, idolatry is not good. Whatever you give your strength to, whatever you get your strength from. Uh, of course, uh, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine it says, "The secret things belong unto the Lord our God." But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. That's Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Do you know what famous Beit Tehillah phrase was born out of this verse? No. Live what's <laughs> revealed. Yeah, you know, the God showed me that when I was walking in the mall, believe it or not. I don't yeah. know what time of year it was or what it was. But he can speak to us anytime. But yeah, live what's revealed. Yeah. Wow, what a revelation. So as you know, I, I, I had taken Christian and uh, Matthew Sprunt and the Sprunt boys. We went to Colorado to a, a men's father-son retreat thing, right? And I figure that if I'm going to get my message out, I can do it better with visual presentation than I can by like trying to talk to everybody individually. Right. So one of the days I wore my Israel shirt, right, that said, you know, I believe in 100% sovereignty over the land, right? Because... Just in case somebody wow. needs to know how I feel about Israel. That's, wow, you're just like a Here's how I feel. And then one of the other days I wore my, because I remember I made Live What's Revealed shirts for us, and it has that verse on the back, right? The secret things belong to the Lord our God, That's but the right. things revealed belong to us That's and our right. children forever, right? So that we may do all the words of this law. This is also my kid's uh, memory verse this week. Isn't that the truth, though? There are secrets. Well, but that's... You know, God didn't re- reveal everything to the angels. So. Right. They didn't know about Jesus. It's funny that you say that. In my notes, uh, I wrote down over the weekend that God told us everything we know, right? He told No, he told us everything we need to know. Right. So he gave us everything we need to know. That's true. But he didn't tell us everything. That's right. So we don't know everything, but we know everything that God needs us to know. And this verse is a proof text for that statement. Wow. That uh, the secret things, that there are secret things. You know what? John Bevere said this. I think that in like Driven by... he awesome saying. He does. Driven by Eternity or um, one of his other ones. But this is the statement from John Bevere. He says, God reveals his secrets to his closest friends. And so... I thought it was the prophets. Well... That's I, true. Right. I mean, they would say... But think of it, though. If... If he's revealing things to people, imagine like you want to hear from God. Well, maybe God's already spoken to you and you didn't do what you were called to do, right? So like God said something to you and then you're like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Well, guess what? You're not doing the thing. So why is he going to talk to you again, right? So you have to be willing to, when you receive the revelation from God, to live what's revealed. Wow. Live it. Live it. How exciting is that, you know? I know. Monkey see, monkey do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and check out, uh, and I'll do some commentary on this, but I'm going to go ahead and read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 8, God's promise remains constant. Some of the best verses in the the whole Bible right here. That's the caption right there. Oh, I love this. This This became Rhema to me like 2001, maybe, I think. Jumped off the pages and says, this has come to pass. Come on, read it, read it. I am, and then we can do some commentary here. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. And it shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out into the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. So, you know, that's powerful. We're going to break this down into three main parts. There's the three again, Ryan. The three. 
three means divine of the Lord. So what two things were the children of Israel going to bring to mind after being driven from the land? Blessings and curses. So they're going to bring it to mind among the nations where they were scattered, correct? Yes. Very good. They're going to bring to mind the blessings and the curses. What that means, if you want to interpret that, or I don't want to say paraphrase, but if you want to look at it like this, the things you're doing right and the things you're doing wrong. Or things you need to learn to do. And the things that are going well and the things that are not going like, so hey, well. Like, hey, what's not going so well? Well, at any given time, we're all blessed and cursed at the same time, right? I mean, it's which just... Is, which is really powerful as you do a spiritual audit on yourself. That's right. Uh, what were they going to do after remembering the blessings and curses? What were they going to do? So they're going to get this revelation, and then they're going to return. They're going to... They are going to They're going to shub. Now, check this out. They are going to shub. Now, uh, they're also going to obey his voice with our children, with all our heart and soul. Praise okay? God. So, obey his voice with our children, with all our heart and soul. Yep. That's why it's so important that we don't get sucked up into social media and the culture of this world. You know, I believe it's in Timothy. Uh, you know, Paul was telling Timothy, no good soldier entangles his life with the affairs of this world. You know, no true soldier. Um, and so here we have this word return. What about Hosea 14, 1? Let me read that. Okay. Uh, Hosea 14, 1. O Israel, return, the same word, shub, unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, in verse 2, and turn to the Lord, say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. I wonder if that word or words is devarim. So what words are we going to bring back to the Lord? What's the verse? His words. It is the, it is the word words, 1697. No, but what, what's the verse? It's Hosea 14, 2. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. And guess what? This word return and churn is the same word shub. That's right. To the Lord saying, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. Wow, so we're returning back with our verbiage. That's right, so it says... Death and life's in the power of the tongue. Devar, yeah, yeah it's devar. So it's devarim, yep. Because devar is word, and devarim, im, means words. Words, So, yep. So to return. Now, after the people would return and obey God's voice, he would turn their captivity and have compassion on them. God would gather them from all the nations where he scattered them. Now... Hallelujah. That's Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. So we did Deuteronomy 30, verse 1, 2, and 3. So I want to break it down. These three verses have come to pass. I would say I've known this for 20 years, at least 20 years. This has come to pass. This is happening in Beit Tehillah. It's presently occurring. It's, it's occurring. Here yep. we go. Number one, bring to mind the blessings and the curses where God has driven us. So in Brandon, Florida... He's dropped down the Torah, the ancient path to us, in our minds and our hearts. The very center of our being, he has deposited something that just won't go away. That's right. We wake up to it. We, we sleep on it. You know, what does it say? Talk about it, by the way, when you rise up, when you lie down. Yep. Now, that's bring to mind the blessings and the curses where God has driven us, number one. Would you all agree with this? Okay, nod your head. Thank you. Yeah, they're over there. But yeah. Number two, <laughs> return by obeying God's voice with all our heart and mind along with our children. Hallelujah. So there it is. We will shub. We hear God's voice. My sheep hear my voice and they obey. Nobody can snatch us out of God's hand because we're the segula. Yes. But you can walk out of his hand, force your way out of his hand. Yep. You know, it's interesting. God will never leave you nor forsake you, Ryan, which is true. You can go south and he'll still be there. He'll want to help you. He'll, he'll aid you. I'm sure he'll, he'll be at your rescue if you cry out and get in trouble if you get that mercy and grace. But I would say that uh, if you draw near to God, He'll draw near to you. Hallelujah. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. Yep. We draw near to God by his word. Yes. And, uh, and then we discuss it. Okay. So number three, God will gather us from the nations and take us out of captivity. There it is. I'm in. Boom, boom, boom. Three points. Wow. We're, we are, of course, bringing to mind the Torah and we're straightening up. Yep. Number two, we're returning. Us and our children, we hear his voice. And number three, God will gather us from the nations and take us out of captivity. What do you have about that? Right. I mean, I just love that. Well, it's like, that, it's like that scene from, uh, uh, what's that movie, Indiana Jones. Options affecting the future. Everybody, everybody gets their future. ticket out, right? Because the one guy gets punched and thrown out the window, and he's like, no tickets. And everybody's like, well, here's my ticket. I'm ready. You know what I mean? Well, that's what you need. You need what, what did that happen in? That was in Indiana Jones. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but you need your ticket. You know what I mean? you got to get like your ticket. Like a backstage pass. Right, that's right. You're not going like backstage without a backstage right. pass. That's right. So, Do you know the guy? 
<laughs> you got to know the guy. That's a Aaron Katzoff reference wow, from when he was do here. You know the guy. So um, the last, so the number six is actually what I have comments on, and it's uh, what was the Lord going to give His people after gathering them? And it says here the land. Let me give the answer. Okay, please, please, please. Let yes. me give yes, the answer. Yes, absolutely. Would you? Yes. Thank you. Read the verse, verse five there. Oh, okay. I think that is the text of the verse. Oh. The land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. Now, here's what's cool, all right? Oh, my goodness. Uh, The (laughs) land's a big deal. People don't know the grab. I mean, everybody knows within churchianity, right, within the mainstream Christian doctrine, we have an understanding that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, and then we get our golden ticket to heaven. And I think that's the the extent that people kind of gather it, right? But there's a lot that we get here today. And articulating that is not always an easy thing um, when not understanding Torah. When you understand Torah and you understand our role, how we've been grafted into Israel, how we become near to God, right? We become one with those that were already near, you know, the Jewish people. But here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1, uh, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and he says this. He says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. So he's telling us something that we're ignorant of, right? I would not have you be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were an example to the intent, we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be ye idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, uh, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they were are, are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you. So, Real quickly, Ryan, yes. you could finish this, nope. but I want to say that these are five tests. Lust, idolatry, fornication, tempting the Lord, right. and murmuring. Right. Have you noticed that murmuring is probably one of the chief sins of us today in America? Well, it's definitely a symptom of like other ones. Like the drive-thru's yeah. not fast enough. Yeah. There's two of them. Come on, Chick-fil-A. Get yeah, with Chick-fil-A's it. all we have to cause way. I mean, you know, you're like, oh, oh man, come on, you know, or yeah. whatever. It's kind of like, you know, and we murmur and we complain. Yeah. But but think about Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, Those man. people are just trying to get out of the country. I know. I feel it grieves me. It does. It literally grieves me. You get caught mm. stealing, they cut off your hand. Yeah. I oh, mean, it's worse than that. I mean, uh what they do to what they that, do to women over there and things. Um, it's horrible. They can't get an education. And you know what? I, I want to s- at least mention that um you know, it's not it's not Jeff Bezos, it's not Bill Gates, it's not any of these billionaires that are doing it. Glenn Beck is raising money. He's raised something like thirty something million dollars already through the Nazarene Fund, and they are flying in right under the cover of darkness with hired operators, people that are veterans or whatever. They go in there and they're getting people out. It's almost like the, the and our own of World War II and, and now Holocaust that they've cut it off, right? Our own State Department is trying to stop them from from continuing. So That's I, messed I, up. I think of things like that, and I think, wow, you know. Glenn Beck's a Mormon, you know, but he has a similar worldview to us, and he's putting his feet, his boots you know, on the ground. You know, I, I'm all for, this is what I'm for, Ryan. we got to get back to morals and values. Right. We live in a country that has freedom of religion. Whether you're a Mormon, Jehovah Witness, whatever it is, we have to get back to morals and values. Yeah. And how you practice your faith, yeah. it's, 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 it's actually in the Constitution. Yeah. You have the freedom of religion. Yeah which is great. You're not forcing anything on anybody. Say jihad. Yeah. Right. The mujahideen, you know, the, this jihad thing is not good. Right. You're forced into Islam. Right. It's the, it's, it's the sword. Yeah. You know. No, you know what? It's a good point. I, um, this week I'll also be releasing our podcast that we did with Avi Lipkin because I have released last week. I released the oh, um, Lars and Arson one. I see, did one I like with, with Avi. I like that. I did. I That's wanted why to, I didn't see it. 
That's why you didn't see it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, I, I just feel so much for those people in Afghanistan, and especially the Christians and the church. Um, part of the homeschool curriculum that my kids do um, is about uh, the missionaries and the martyrs and the people that are you know persecuted in the in the church throughout yeah, the world. Yeah, Christianity is being pushed out of the Middle East. And so, I mean, we pray, we give to these missionaries and, and things just because it's like, wow. I mean, Israel's the only democracy over there. Yeah. And, and I just, I just, re- I just really feel for them, you know. And all this has to happen. So how are you returning back to God along with your family, Ryan? I just mentioned some of it. You did. <laughs> I, would, I would say for us, we are hearing God's voice and keeping his covenant. Yeah. You know, we are different. We can have influence. Yeah. We've had quite a few people come and visit us. You know, we've had um, uh, the principal of my... Uh, uh, and the founder of New Jerusalem Christian Academy, uh, yeah, Academy, the, the the church and the school, uh, the apostles come here, and uh, we've had the principal, we've had guests, uh, friends attend our services and things. So, so this is the thing that that we can share with people, that you know there there is a better way. Yeah, you know, um, matter of fact, I was sharing. The lady was cutting my hair and asking me all these questions, you know, and I got to talk to her, and I was just basically telling her, she goes, "Oh, that's interesting. That's neat. So you're, you're, you you have faith." Yeah. You know, you have your faith. You're real strong in your faith. And I said, yeah, I am. You know, real nice lady cutting my hair. And I said, you know, I said, we just got to get back to spiritual exercises in the church. You know, it's praying, worshiping and reading your Bible. Yeah. uh, Via the Holy Spirit. You know, and I say, that's what I love about my job is that I get to encourage that like a spiritual trainer. Yeah. You know, let's pray. Let's read our Bibles. Let's worship, you know. And uh, let's find that that level of faith that we want to practice, you know, with yeah. with others, which is the coolest thing. We'll tell you what we're for, not what we're against. You know, right. we don't use the bully pulpit. So, so the Lord was going to put all these curses upon Israel's enemies and those who hate them. See, because you reap what you sow. You wish harm on somebody. Yeah, harm comes on you. I mean, look what Saddam Hussein did to the people. He was hunting them down and having them killed and all these things. Yeah, and then he was hunted down like a tunnel rat. They pulled him out of a, a hole. Yeah, and shot him. Uh, it was horrible. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. And of course, Hitler died in a bunker. He committed suicide. But I'm saying that, you know, you reap what you sow. And so if you're bringing harm, uh, harm will come to you. You know, it's the same thing with mercy. If you don't give mercy, you, you won't get mercy. Right. In uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 14, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. It's not difficult. It's not hard. You know, faith without works is dead. You know, and I think we need to spend more time with our own personal faith and displaying that personally, intimately with God in us, than to show off in front of others. Right. Or to put down the church or other people. Or to tell people how to express their faith, that they're doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. One of the one of the things that I love about Torah study is the black and white nature of it. This that some of it's just real basic, right? Don't do this, do this, you know, just super basic stuff. And I'm not talking about getting deeper into secondary meanings or interpretations or things like yeah, that. But the literal translation. But verses 11 and 12 say this. They say, For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up there for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? And then 13, Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we maybe hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, as you just read, in my mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. It's right here for us. God, I mean, what a joy, what a gift that God has given us that we have his word right here with us in our own language, right? We didn't even have to go and learn another language to get this. Now, obviously, if you're on a good, better, best scenario, then, you know, the, the best is to be able to speak Mediocre. Hebrew, you know? Mediocre. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if Torah teaches that instructions, we should probably check it out. I mean, think about it, Ryan. If, if we don't have the Torah or it's been done away with, then we don't even know what sin is. Right. And we know that Yeshua kept the Torah, but he, he raised the bar. Right. Like, the act of adultery is bad. Sure. And he said, if you look at a woman and lust after her... You've already committed, already committed already adultery. That's right. He took it to the next level. Uh, so the four things that were set before the children um, of Israel was life, good, death, and evil. That's right. The four things that were set before the children of Israel was life, good, death, and evil. Uh, what did God want his people to choose? Uh, well, he said, choose life, right? He says, and that I command thee L'chaim. this day. Is that to life? 
Yep. To love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Wow. Um, I mean, it just, he said to us a base, again, a ba- what are you going to choose? Life and good or you know, it's, it's evil it, and death? It's interesting that that Mount, you know, evil is the amount of cursing that was projected that if you don't follow right. these, but it's not a cursed place, but then the Ahiavel is located on Mount Gerizim, which is the blessing. And they have a camp there, right? which is the coolest thing. If you ask me, I mean, think about it, choose life. They're right there. And between these two mountains, and by the way, you know, uh, Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal is Shechem, right? Or it's Nablus, right? Right. Nablus is the Arab name. Arab, I think they estimate over 200,000 Arabs down in there. But think about Hayovel has, hasn't had any incidents of murder or terrorism uh, at Hayovel, the Mount of Blessing. They've right. not had any harm, any deaths, anything like that. Now, they've had some challenges, I'm sure, and some security issues. But I'm saying that what a blessing because it's the Mount of Blessing. Right. And Joshua's altar is on the side of Mount Ebal. Okay. And that's a very interesting thing. If you want to check out the uh, archaeological, uh, it's 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 public you know records the public can see it uh joshua's altar is incredible uh, i want to bring to mind this about choosing life that the father's been really dealing with me with some issues and um it's not been easy for me to surrender in these areas but i found that one of the most incredible verses you know and i just keep reading and thinking about it. i wrote it down during prayer this week uh from 10 to 12 we have prayer here at the church but uh it says right here in james 1 19 and 20 and this is something for me personally oh yeah that i've been dealing with in teshuva That's and i've stuff. really i've really got to do better and it says this wherefore my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of god so outburst of anger is one of the 17 works of the flesh so i'm having to deal with that whether it's with the church or my family or my wife or whatever it is, you know, I, I find myself, you know, getting angry. And I, I, I heard this one interview with somebody, they were talking about to be reflective and not reactive, mm. but you got to really stop and say to yourself, I need to reflect on this before I react. Yes. And that, that will save you a lot of grief, but I just, you know, what a profound two verses. I mean, it says, wherefore my beloved brethren, my beloved brethren, yeah. listen to me, brother, just listen, right? Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Like somebody will be talking and we'll just interrupt them and start talking. Well, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. let them finish. Right. Let them finish their statement. And I've caught myself guilty of this. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So to stay mad, it says, don't let the sun go down in your wrath. So basically for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Anger will get you nowhere. I think I mentioned that before. Anger gets you nowhere. And it's so true when you look at it. What did you accomplish? What made you feel good about that? You could have been calm. Well, I I think also anger is a tool, just like all emotions, um, that get us or urge us or spur us on to do things. thumos, the Greek word thumos. Um, But I I think that the problem is the motivation of our anger is usually selfish. Um, That's true. And so if we're angry because the widows and orphans are being abused, (laughs) then... That's righteous indignation, right? We kind of use a different term in English for that. Um, and when we use anger as a connotative, you know, expression of the word, we're usually meaning somebody's angry because they've been, you know, gypped or accosted in some way, shape, or form, and now the reaction to them personally having an issue is anger, you know? And so I think um, I think that's probably the issue with anger is the built-in self-centeredness, if that makes sense. Interesting. Properly desire as a reaching forth or excitement of the mind. By analogy, violent passion. Oh, yeah. Guilty. 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 Um, indignation. Vengeance. Yeah. Wow. Wow is right. Well, we're closing it out, aren't we? We are. I, um, where was I? I was going to. No, I guess I wasn't. I mean, you know, choose life. I think I wrote down some verses here. I don't know if I got them in here or not or what I did with them. I think no. I did something with them. I, I want to just read a few of these little verses. Ooh, okay. Well, let's if look. I have them. What did I do with them? Oh, uh-huh. here it is. Oh, oh, there it is. Listen to this, James 4.11 now. I was in James 1, 19 and 20. Check this out. 
James 4.11. Make sure I wrote this down right. Oh, it's a big verse. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his, his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. So that's interesting. It's, it's that almost like interesting. get the two by four out of your eye mm. and you'll see how to get the splinter out of your brother's eye. Mm. But I, I have to go back and read that again in another version or something. And of course, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew twelve thirty seven, here's another one with Yeshua. Wow, that's good. Ooh, okay, I got a couple. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Mm, which verse is that? Matthew twelve thirty seven. For by thy words, thou shalt be justified. So you feel very strongly about something like I do. Yeah, yeah. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Yeah. It's either true or not. Right. So if you're speaking that and you're adamant about it, it'll either be justified or condemned. There's a phrase or also. you could be wrong. Right. Remember that way John Bevere was saying? Yeah. You could be right. But you could be wrong. You could be right and still lose. That's true. There was something. Because it's not always about being right. Yeah. You know. Here's the last one. Proverbs 10, verses 19 through 21. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. So this one about kind of holding your your what you say, uh, I've learned this one over the years. You know, sometimes you say stuff and it comes back to bite you because you just run your mouth. You're like I didn't even really mean that. I was just running my mouth, you know. And well, so yeah, we're we, we're we're not quick to hear and slow to speak, are we? Yeah, we got to be slower to speak. I want to make sure that that was right. It's ten nineteen to twenty one. Let's see here. Um, in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. You know, it's interesting, you know, when, you, when you're talking to people or you're with people, I would say this, Ryan, in, 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 in all seriousness, I would say that um, you don't have to have an opinion. Right. Well, it's interesting when that verse. Talking, hey, you know what I think? Yeah. In King James, it's a little confusing. There wanteth not sin, meaning... The multitude of words don't have to. You don't have to look hard to find the sin. Is essentially what that's saying. There wanteth not. See, it's my not wife needs to speak up more, and I need to be quiet. <laughs> we talked about that. You know, getting her in front of the people and things. She did mm -hmm. the ties and offering. Yeah, message. she's awesome. But yeah, I don't want to put her on the spot. So, what two lessons mm -hmm. can be learned from the Torah portion? Nitzavim, you are standing. Deuteronomy mm -hmm. chapter twenty nine and verse ten, all the way through mm -hmm. chapter thirty and verse twenty, from a consensus of Ryan. Well, from a consensus of Ryan, number one I got was this. <clears throat> we are all experiencing blessings and curses right now. We call them to mind here where we are, out scattered abroad. Amen? And so that's, that's a long answer. That's really good. That is. There you go. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 29, 15 says this. It says, But with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. So 14 and 15 is kind of the go together. But um, Have you been, were you looking at my paper? I was not. Have you ever, it's a short, it's short, like a chapter and were a half here. I wasn't. Have you ever wondered if it's relevant to you? Because I think what happens is people get into this, and then there's all the things that come to mind. Like I've even talked to uh, Jewish people that have said, well, Jesus is for the nations, not for the Jews, right? And I'm like, that's not what the... But he's Jewish. Exactly. It's beside the wow. point. So we know that's not true. He wasn't a Guatemalan. But just the same way the Christians say, oh, well, I understand why Paul did those things. Why? Because he's a Jew, right? It's, yeah. it's that The Torah is for the Jews. The law is for apostle. the Jews. Don't do as he does. Do you wonder if it's for you or not? not. Well, here what? it says, neither with you only, talking to the people there at the plains of Moab, do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him this 
that is not here with us this so day. So it was given at Mount mm. Sinai and spoken to a generation yes. that died in the wilderness. Yes. So he's reiterating it to those right. that are in front of him. Correct. But he's also saying, hey, there's the Cabreras. That's right. The plumbers. The plumbers. That's right. You know, Beit Yeah. It's going to be applicable to them. Beit And the cool thing is, it is applicable to us because we're doing it, we're experiencing it, and we want to do it. Yes. It's a choice. That's right. What's your second thing that you got? I got to give you two. Oh, I, what was We're the experiencing the blessings and the curses right now. Call them to mind where you are, right, in Brandon, gotcha. Florida. And number two was, have you ever wondered if the tour is relevant to you? Got you. And I gave okay. 29.15. I thought there was a long answer on that one, but that was two. That was two. That was good. Two, two so, so this is what I got, which is kind of cool mm-hmm. because I got the Torah was not just for those at Mount Sinai, <laughs> but for us today. That's right, baby. Deuteronomy 29, verses 14 and 15, relevant for today. And then the second one I got, I like this one. All right. We are currently returning back to God with all of our heart and soul along with our children. And you know, this is a great thing to read during Teshuvah, amen? Because we are. Teshuvah means to return. Um, you know, I was studying the difference between the word shub and the word Teshuvah, right? And shub is to literally turn around, right? To turn. 180 degrees. Like you want to take, well, Don't you go 360. You could make a left turn. It's like a you dog could returning make, back to its vomit. Oh, you could make a left turn. You could make a right turn. Right. You could turn around. You could right. return. It's 180 degrees, though, right? But Teshuvah has the connotation of a response, right? So it's a response. So we're being beckoned by God, and our teshuvah is our response to him. It's almost to like him talking to us. It's almost like he asks us a question, and we're returning a response. I like that. Right? And so we're returning back to him. That's good. So, so in closing here, I would like to share with you, the king is in the field up until Yom Teruah, yep. which is Monday night, September the 6th, or Tishri 1. And I want to read to you this um, from my devotional that I've been doing called 60 Days. It's very interesting. It's a, it's a devotional you know, um, among the Jewish people or the, you know, the Orthodox Jews. Uh, the king is in the field is the title. So in Elul, the king is in the field, writes the Alter Rebbe. He uses the analogy of a king who is returning home from his travels as a way of explaining the phenomenon of Elul. Mm-hmm. The king had been traveling. He had left his palace and gone to a far off land outside his kingdom. Now he is on his way home. He is about to enter his palace and he stands outside in the field greeting his people. Then he goes back into the palace and again mounts his throne. When the king is in the field, writes the altar Rebbe, every person has the opportunity without petitioning for an audience to go over to him, say hello and ask for whatever he or she needs. The king is smiling. He is happy to be home. He is in his informal mode and he is, predisposed. he is predisposed to grant all requests. I love this. The king is smiling. Yeah. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> he is smiling. He is happy to be home. He is in his informal mode, and he is predis- predisposed to grant all requests. Yes. Wow. So that's Elul on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The king is back in his palace on his throne. So I've come to the king in the field and cried out to him. Amen. And says, Lord, this is what I ask. And I, and, I, and I went to him, Lord, this is what I want. Yeah. And I approached him in that manner. So I feel good about it. That's good. You know what's also cool about this whole idea of the king is in the field? This is written by a Jewish rabbi, right? The Alter Rebbe. Yes. And like, you know, he lived in the late 1700s. I don't know. Early 1800s. I haven't really I think look, it's, look at that time period of the sages. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like late 18, 1700s. It really makes you think. But here's what's cool. The king is in the field, right? He's describing what, our Messiah has done. He's gone away on a diplomatic trip or That's he's right. gone to battle, whatever it is. That's right. And he's gone. And we're what? We're awaiting That's him to right. return. And so he, during this time, he's in the field and we can go and approach him. We can boldly go to the throne room of grace. Amen. We can go and see the king, whether in the palace or in the field. What a awesome gift we have for it those of awesome. us that believe today. And, you know, uh, ask yourself, this is what they have in this particular devotional for 60 days, the month of Tishri, um, or month, actually the month of Elul and Tishri. So it's, it's a 60-day uh, devotional journal. But uh, it says, ask yourself, if you could literally go out to meet God in the field, how would you approach him? What would you ask him? That's, a, that's ask yourself. Yeah. Wow. The one thing. Uh, you know, I was just thinking, I mean, mine was kind of personal, but. You could just say, hey, when are you coming back? Oh, man. But no man knows the day or the hour, so that, I wouldn't ask that question. Now He'd be like, I'm here's, right here. <laughs> here's, yeah, but here's the exercise for the day, for those of you that are listening or watching. Exercise for the day is this. Write a letter to God. Mm-hmm. 
Say what you would if you were to meet him in the field outside your home right now. Right. right? Write a letter to God. Say what you would if you were to meet him in the field outside your home right now. And that's my conclusion. That is it, Ryan. If you want to close us out in prayer or share a little nugget here, we got a little bit of time. There's my letter. A little seven. Boom. How'd you do that? You're welcome. Because I have the book. You, you've been doing it? No, that was from last year. <laughs> cool, though. <laughs> but did you do 60 days or just 30? Back then, yeah. I probably did like 40 of the 60. Wow. Once I got to, to I fell off the wagon once I got to um, Day in, of Atonement. In Tishri? Yeah. You know, I've really purposed to hit this thing. Yeah. You know, a day goes by, yeah. and the most I've ever had to do is two. Right. But I'm actually highlighting it and then writing it out in another journal. Right, so there's, right, There's right, nothing right. in there but highlights in gotcha. the original. Right. But I have my own big one, eight and a half by 11 paper. That's right, that's right. I saw day. that. Yep. So I put the date, Gregorian date, then I put the Hebrew date, yep. then I put the, the subject of the matter, ask yourself, yeah. you know, exercise for the day. But, uh, you know, when you really stop and just reflect, and for those that are listening and watching, go find a quiet room, go sit in a chair, yeah. close your eyes, and just meditate. And we even have our own voice that gets in the way. Oh, gosh, yes. So I don't have my wife and kids. I can actually, you know, they left. They went shopping or did chores. Or I don't know what they did. They were not run. I don't know. What do you call it? You were alone for once. I was alone. And it was kind of scary. But, you know, when there's silence, it's, that's when I start looking around the house. But so I, I'm sitting in my chair and I just close my eyes. I take a deep breath and I just meditate and think about just emptying myself out of these this stuff and being filled with him, that's why it's good to memorize scriptures, but to sit there and just meditate and think about, Lord, what do you have for me? Yeah. And you're not thinking about anything else, but you're just waiting for that thought. You know, that's, that's how God moves. And I'll tell you something for all of you that, that are listening and watching. Pray that God would put the things on your heart that he wants you to do. Right. He might want you to call somebody or give to somebody financially. Just stop and be obedient. Be, be open to what he would have you do, you know. I had a situation where somebody in the church was very upset and livid and offended. And I was like, man, they had no right to do that or act like that. That's terrible, you know. And the Lord's like, call them. Call them. Pray with them. Yeah. Encourage them. You know, don't exchange evil for evil. And I thought, wow. And so I did that. And that felt good, Ryan. Yeah. Because the act is the act. And that's what felt good. Right. I agree. Why don't you pray us out? I asked you to pray us out. You did? Yeah, it's oh, your turn. That's fine. Father, you. I'm in agreement. We love you. We thank you. We're so just humbled by your presence here with us today, God, that we get to to read your word and that we get to to call to mind here where we are in Brandon Ford of the blessings and the curses, God. And then on this twenty third day of the Lord God, we let us meet you in the field, Father. Grant our petitions, Father, that we would be able to see you face to face and speak with you and hear your voice and that we would be called by our hearts to keep your covenant, Father, to do what you have called us to do and to be who you've called us to be. We love you and we thank you and we pray these things in the name of your blessed Son, Yeshua. Amen. All right. Have a good week. Teshuvah. <laughs> <laughs>